get it, let's get it, let's get it. It's your boy Sully on the Excuse Me Podcast, Maximize the Moment Podcast, Let's Build Better with God Podcast. And you may hear a little raspiness in my voice during this podcast because I am getting over COVID-19. I'm getting over not feeling well. And I am grateful for that. And although I'm not stoked about COVID-19, I am stoked that going through the healing process, going through the process directly relates to the process that I'm going to talk about today. And what I want to talk about today is a process that we all have to go through, whether we want to or not. One that if we go through this process, is going to draw us to God, it's going to get us closer, it's going to build our relationship, and it's going to strive us towards kingdom living as we step into eternity with Christ. And what are you talking about, Sully? What are you getting at? Just spit it out. And today we're going to talk about the threshing floor. The threshing floor is a flat, circular surface. It's usually smooth, which is used during the harvest of grains. This space was used way before equipment and machinery was invented. It was used to separate the grains from the chaff by manual separation. Usually the animals crush and break the sheaves of grain on the threshing floor, or people would manually use sticks to break apart the sheaves. And as a result, the grains would be separated. They would be separated from the husks. The final separation would be done by tossing the grains up wind, thereby finally separating those with still husks and those that are edible, a process that's called winnowing. The threshing floor is something that is a very, very common throughout the biblical times. Whether you've heard it in the Old Testament used a lot, whether you've heard it in the New Testament, whether you've heard it just listening in church, it was a significant part of the harvest and at times even highlighted as a landmark in the Bible. You got to remember that these people often made their livings around agricultural type things. And so when we're talking about threshing floor, it was a mechanism by which they lived their lives around as to get the profits and to, and to make a living and get put food on their tables. And we look at Genesis 50 and we see that Joseph, he lament. He lamented over his father. He was mourning over his father who had passed away in Genesis 50.10. Then they came to the threshing floor. Then they came to the threshing floor of Atad, which is beyond the Jordan. They mourned there with great and very solemn lamentation. He observed seven days of mourning for his father. And then if we go to Judges, we see Gideon. Gideon's doubt was laid across the threshing floor when he was called by God to lead Israel against the Midianites, Gideon said to God, Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have promised, look, I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. Now, God had already shown Gideon a sign, but Gideon in his doubt, he said, hey, I'm gonna lay this fleece on the threshing floor. And if there is only dew on the fleece and all the ground around it is dry, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you said. And that is what happened. Gideon rose early the next day and he squeezed the fleece and wrung out the dew, a whole bowlful of water. The love of Boaz and Ruth was secured. It was locked in on the threshing floor, a romance that continued the lineage of David and later going to Christ. 
It is the threshing floor that John uses in prophesying and addressing the crowd in preparation for Christ who is to come in Luke 3 and Matthew 3. <clears throat> and Luke 3.15 says this, the people were waiting expectantly. They're waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come. The straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork, his winnowing fork is in his hand to clear the threshing floor and to gather the wheat in his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. The threshing floor can be an obvious indication of abundance. Walking upon someone's threshing floor with stacks of grain is an indication that the harvest, there is a harvest, there is plentiful in that region. The threshing floor is a place of separation, separating from what is needed and what is discarded. The process is used figuratively to describe God's separation, the final judgment of those people that belong to him, that are going to his barn, that belong to him, and those who will spend eternity in hell, separated from God's love. The threshing floor is such a significance, it cannot be overstated, because here is where I want to challenge you today. What are you casting down on the threshing floor? It is on the threshing floor before God daily that I am casting my worries. I'm casting my anxieties, my stresses and things that I deem good, the things that I deem bad, the things that I deem ugly and trusting him, trusting him with all that I am to help me sift through, sift through it all. Sifting through the tears in my life, sifting through the weeds in my life, sifting through the wickedness that might be in my heart, sifting through the nature of who I am to be more like the I am, to be more like Christ who has called me to him. But it's one thing to be called and it is another to do the calling. And God calls us to the threshing floor. He calls us to the word. He calls us to pray. And it is here we are exposed to his winnowing fork that exposes us, that exposes who we are. And there are some of you that have been called to the kingdom and don't want to expose yourself on the threshing floor. Afraid what it might take place in your life, afraid of being judged by other people, afraid of the change of the conviction, afraid of who knows what, but you're afraid of the threshing floor. And it is the change that brings us closer to Christ. It is the change that brings us to love, to live like God, to live and love others and to love ourselves. It is the separation that happens within us and around us that opens us up to the process of sanctification which leads us to the glorification of God. God knows everything that you've done up to this point. He knows what you've been dealing with. He knows all your deepest secrets, but God is not going to force you to trust him. He will not force you to give over yourself. It is incumbent upon you to open yourself to the relationship. Gold's Gym is not twisting anybody's arm in the parking lot for monthly memberships to help them, to make them be more physically fit and to live better lives. God's not going to force you to pray. He's not going to force you to worship 
or read the Bible. But in this crude analogy, the more I expose myself to healthy food options, the more I expose myself to the fitness process, the more I separate myself from the things that are not conducive to my well-being from a health lens. The more I immerse myself in the things of my father's business, the more God will shape me, he will mold me and take me through the appropriate processes and people that are in line with God and what he has called for my life and for others as well. We must daily throw ourselves on God's threshing floor and continually sift and draw out the things that place us in the abundance of God's glory. And while this may be hard to do, and I can testify that this is hard to do, it may be hard to trust, exposure is a great form of truth that makes us more foundationally aware of where we are. And once you know where you are, you can get a good grasp of where you want to go, of where we need to go. And I will always go to the place I know my purpose was designed with a specific intent in mind, and that will always be in Christ. The truth by definition is exclusive. You've heard me say it before. Christ being truth, I would trade all that I am to be the truth of all that I can possibly be. Most people are brought to faith in Christ, not by argument, but by exposure to him. And my only prayer is that you truly expose yourself to him and lay yourself on the threshing floor and watch how much your life will change. I pray that daily you make a decision for life and that goes for Christians, believers, those and those who do not believe or may not believe at this point. I hope that whoever's listening to this podcast, I pray that you expose your life to Christ, expose all that you have going on in your life. I pray that you give it over all to God. I hope that you open up dialogue and communication with God. I pray that you open up your spirit, your heart, and your mind to God. And I pray that you lay it all on the threatening floor and allow him to sift through, not just you sift through, but allow him to work with you and sift through all the chaos, allow him to sift through all the grain and the chaff and allow him to get, move all that stuff away from your life. I pray that you expose yourself to God and expose yourself to the love that he has for you and all that he wills for you and all the purpose that he has in the design and the line with his will. And I'll see you next time on another Maximize the Moment. Let's get it.